than some putty eye, even if we day old, y'all put your hands up, nah, put your hands down, put them in the ground, mix it with the brown, it's that new sound, even if it's age old, fresher than some putty eye, even if we day old, oh, Aloha. So this is Drake, and today I'm coming to you with a solo episode. Um, just sitting here, 7:30 a.m. The podcast launches at 9 a.m., and I'm thinking to myself, "Man, I gotta get something out there." I, uh, as an oxen, as uh, as somebody who takes integrity and my business very seriously. This is one of my primary businesses now. Um, you know, I, I actually kind of want to dedicate this episode to talking about the effects of the coronavirus um, on myself, on others, as um, I'm, I'm the president of the East Hawaii Farmers Union. I don't, I don't know how many of you know that, but I do quite a lot for agriculture, not to like toot my own horn, but to sometimes I, I look at myself and I'm like, good God, you're crazy. Why, why are you doing so much? You know, I, I look around at other folks and their hobbies include, you know, recreating, whereas my hobbies include working and organizing the world's resources to, um, you know, better the cause, make the world a better place for microorganisms. I I once heard the saying, you know, there's no rest for the wicked. And, um, you know, I, I, I don't really believe that to be true in terms of um, wickedness, but I do believe that really, um, you know, if you want to be, make a difference in the world, you have to be absolutely obsessed with what you're doing and that means you know not just showing up for a job and trying to get out of work early but showing up for a job and staying late and giving 110 percent waking up in the middle of the night with good ideas to jot down to write to um to further expand this creative mind that that the you know god has given us to used to be better caretakers of the planet. So, you know, with that reason here, I'm sitting here today without an episode in the in the books is, you know, I've been shouldering a lot of this podcast alone here. Um, this week, I was actually scheduled to do an episode with my good friend, uh, Luke. But um, I actually blew it off and I was supposed to meet with him Monday. But I just forgot. Um, I went into town earlier that day, picked up some parts at my friend's house, which is the same house he lives at. 
And then I mentally checked it off my list thinking, oh, I already met with him, but I didn't. And um, I have also, for everyone that's out there, I mean, this week must have just been a week of either preparation or isolation because of the scare of this coronavirus coming to attack us. Um, And, you know, so the government orders are to wash our hands, social distance, um, and to avoid each other. And I think we can do more than that. I think we can use LAB on our hands to clean and use probiotics to clean these things off. Um, I think you can put IMOs around your house and in your yard to increase your physical immune system based on microbial, beneficial microbial, or, or better yet, they're not necessarily beneficial, but they're balanced microbial um, systems. And, and these these microbial systems that buffer any virology or virus that may enter the system, it just has this buffer against it. And um, so there's more than we can do than the government than just social distancing. We can actually spread probiotics on each other. And within our bodies, you can take lactic acid bacteria within yourself. And it's actually been shown here that this lactic acid bacteria breaks down the proteins created by this virus. Um, but I, I want to go a little bit deeper into the virus in terms of initially I thought it was fake um, just because I'm super skeptical of the government since 9-11, you know, when I was a, a child during September 11th, 2001, and they ran this media campaign to tell me what happened with this disaster that happened in New York, um, then I was able, you know, then I, I bought it hook, line and sinker thinking the story that was told to me was the story. And since then, I've learned that it was just chaos and disaster all happening at once. And they're really the story that was told that was like within a matter of hours of of the the incident. The media had the answers and the story for us and the whole new storyline for us to go and promulgate throughout the world. And I I learned from that experience that that was a false narrative that Osama bin Laden wasn't this great terrorist mastermind. And there was actually a fair amount of inside training, trading and, you know, building seven going down is still unexplained largely in the official story. But if you look it up, it contains the Securities and Exchange Commission building where that was where they were investigating inside trading. Um, and that just randomly blows up and all those records are gone, along with some other FBI records and some other things that just gone. Um, so I learned that that's probably was a cover up for some other nefarious things going on. And definitely it was a turning point in our world to go to this world war where not to say we weren't at war before, but we weren't as overtly like churning out trillions from the Pentagon to be occupying territory that's not within the contiguous United States. And that, that happened largely at September 11, 2001. And then later we invaded Iraq on that same pretense, which is a completely separate country. Um, 
it's like you have a dispute with one neighbor that that someone was in their house so you then you you blow up and occupy their house to get that one person out and then you take over your neighbor's house your other neighbor's house um and that's what largely happened from those conflicts there so i learned from that to be a little bit skeptical of the official narrative coming out and with this one i coronavirus i just want to be a little bit not sensational not not getting swayed in the emotion of hanging on every word and thinking that this this virus is coming now i'd want to be careful not to be a complete denier here because there is some sort of biological agent moving throughout the population now whether this is the virus as they say it is or this is some other biological agent that maybe is aerosolized over certain metro areas to create panic within these cities to say that this same thing is coming to your city even though it was a special case in that city and just aerosolized there they want to create this mass panic fear everywhere where through this concept of social distancing what we've been doing is we haven't been gathering in grocery stores or hardware stores instead what we've been doing is we've been told there's only 100 people allowed in the store that means everyone else must wait outside and they throttle us going into the store so that they're able to restock these these items fast enough before we deplete them because if they let everyone in the store at the same time these folks would take more than they need and load up carts and it would have this appearance of emptiness whereas if they only let a few of us in the store at a time there is this appearance of fullness even though the just in time supply line of bringing these supplies has been severely compromised so what do i mean by that let's let's think about this supply line a little bit if this virus supposedly happened in wuhan china a large 11 million uh population city of manufacturing and they shut that down that would have a large impact on the global availability of goods as this starts to spread and as the chinese folks went into a quarantine lockdown so goods stop coming from china essentially from this one region and the affected area now those means the boats aren't being loaded to america now america has all of a sudden they aerosolize the per certain populations they make sure there's enough infectious agent everywhere to infect all 50 states so that no place is safe this increases the fear then they aerosolize new york with a heavy dose of it this increases the panic to think that it's going to get to a pandemic level everywhere and this then scares the shit out of people so they don't go into these stores to realize that the resupply from china is not on its way that what we have right now in the united states is what's left in our warehouses what's left in the supply line of amazon that's why amazon is also saying that they're slowing down deliveries they just don't have the stuff and they're also saying we're prioritizing medical stuff and not these other items which those other items are vital for the economy to go i just ordered some dc converters and all kinds of just random knickknacks that you need to purchase almost on a daily basis to keep 
an operational farm going. There's all kinds of things, pipes, hoses, clamps, all these things are essential. And it may seem kind of ridiculous, but we are such a technologically advanced society that you need such a specialized part for everything to fit together as well as it does, which it's really nice, but we're really far from the basics of nature where just a hammer and a saw will get you most things you need. Or, or you know, in, in a sickle, hammer and a sickle will get you most things you need, which that doesn't that sound familiar? Um, but I wanted to... You know, with with this with this Corona thing, I'm not worried about the virus. Uh, as a natural farmer, knowing my immune system, knowing that I can use beneficial microbes as armor to keep me safe. What I what I'm worried about and what I'm concerned with is the economic uh, fallout, the economic impact that is coming from these decisions. For instance, the state of Hawaii has decided to shut down all aircraft traffic. Um, they've banned all tourists, not, not banned them, but said within their constitutional power, they said, we're quarantining them under this state guideline that they had for years. They're now invoking it and repurposing it and t- retweaking it and reusing it to now be a complete quarantine against tourists or anyone entering the state. You have to go into a two-week quarantine. And they're literally just pulling this shit out of their ass as they do it in terms of bringing new regulations up. They don't even know what it, what the rules will be when they define these laws. Similar to the spending bills that were passed, just this trillion-dollar spending bill. They don't really know how it will happen, where it will be dispersed. They're just allocating tr- billions and trillions to things. But I want to talk to you guys just as, as members, as people who are listening to this, just the, about this spending package and about these loans and about this debt that's coming on and about the hyperinflation, like hyper hyperinflation that's about to hit the United States. So when the United States government says every, every time you see Munchkin, Mnuchin, that, that guy, the, the secretary of the treasury up there or Trump or David Ige, anyone up there that says we have, or or, excuse me, in the federal government, because it's different for Hawaii state government. So anytime there's a federal government, Mike Pence, Trump, all these guys, and he says a billion dollars for something. If you take a billion dollars, which is a thousand million, and you divide it by 360 million Americans, you get roughly $3 for each American. So if I spent a billion dollars as America, this this entity that's going to put your you as a citizen on the line for the debt that they're accruing as a country, meaning that if we if the government spends a billion dollars the taxpayers now owe a billion dollars back somehow. Not right now. We've been kicking that can down the road forever. But at a certain point, they owe back that billion dollars, right? I mean, it's just like, otherwise it would just be you're just making money out of thin air. The idea is that for every billion they promise, 
I'm going to pay $3 in taxes to fulfill that promise, right? I mean, this is kind of the general idea behind it, although in practice, it gets so abused. So let's go with that in mind. Keep keep this in mind. So every billion he promises, it's $3 to you as debt, okay? So they just promise $50 billion for this, $100 billion for that. So that's, what, $150 there, $300 there. And you're on the, when they're saying, oh, we're just giving this money, no one's thinking, oh, I have to pay for that. We're just thinking, oh, magic. Yeah, they're giving money. Great. This is great. No one's thinking like, oh, wait, you just promised that I'm going to pay $300 for the Kennedy Center in New York or in Washington, D.C. And it's like, really, I, I can't pay that. And, and, and then I want to get to this worst part where there's $4 trillion going to the private bank, foreign private bank, known as the Federal Reserve System, which is this private bank from, from people that live in other countries other than the United States. And we just gave them $4 trillion. So going back to that $3 of every billion is $3. Well, a trillion is a thousand billion. So $1 trillion given away is $3,000 that you owe if we split this evenly across every American taxpayer, all 350 million of them. We said each person's going to pick this up evenly. That means you, they just promised $3,000 for a trillion, but they promised $4 trillion, So they just promised $12,000 that you as a taxpayer, me as a taxpayer, will somehow pay back at some point in the future that they just gave to a private bank. So let me just rephrase this in a way where it's like this would be the government saying, you just promised $12,000 to this private bank today. I don't think people would be celebrating. I don't think people would be like, yeah, that's a great way to get the recovery. I'll pay this private bank $12,000. It just doesn't make sense, people. It doesn't like this whole idea of how our money goes out and, and they're promising uh, putting us on the hook. And we, I don't think there's any way we can pull out of this. Our, our businesses have been closed Trump promises loans to us instead of grants or any financial funding. They want to basically give you $10,000 so that you'll sign on a line to say that you'll give your business to them if you can't pay this back. And then they're going to hyperinflate the economy because they're giving everyone $10,000 without just picking on anything indiscriminately. And so it's just going to flood the market with $10,000 to everybody. And then there's no way to pay back the interest that we accrue because they're not going to create the interest amount. The only way you can get interest is by them creating more loans, which means that you're getting more money from someone else to pay off the interest that you're just kicking the can further down the road. And there's really no way to ever pay off these loans because they're just giving candy to everyone and we you know have no way to get out of here. So it's I wouldn't take the loan if I were you. Even though you critically need money, it's probably better to go bankrupt early 
or some other financial settlement than promising your business over to the private entity known as the Federal Reserve. So I I would just be very wary of these things coming up. There's all kinds of loans and government money. They basically have removed the Federal Reserve's a bit or remove the reserve requirements given to banks. So if you're not familiar with this, I'll, I'll go into fractional reserve lending a little bit, which means that basically the way it works is this system called the, the Federal Reserve. They have this money that's, that's M1 money, which is they borrow this and it's direct from the treasury as a direct borrowing from the treasury of M1 money, meaning primary money is borrowed from the treasury. Now they loan this money to banks, but they say for every dollar of this you have, you can actually make $10 in loans. So you only need $1 in the bank to then offer out $10 to people. And what this is, is this is a fractional reserve lending rate, meaning that for every $1 I have, you have to have, or for every, yeah, for every $10 in loans I make, I have to have $1 in fractional reserve because the fraction of your, your loan that you have to have is a reserve. So you take this out to a larger scale and it's basically a 10 to one requirement that they've had for many years. It used to be a 20 to one requirement, meaning for every, or, or for every dollar or yeah, for every dollar or every loan, I have to have a dollar for this. But they basically just took that rate and made it to zero. So the banks don't have to have any money. They can have an account of zero and they can loan out millions of dollars when they lower this rate to zero. If it was 10 to one, if they wanted to loan a million, they would have to have 100,000 of it. I think 10, 10 to one, maybe whatever, whatever that is. Um, so that's how that works. And they've just lowered this rate to zero, meaning that money is no longer worth anything. Every bank doesn't have any real cash. They're just going to create infinite amount of credits. And these credits are just going to flow out to the world. And you're going to have credits and credits and credits. And these credits are going to balloon up to like millions and millions. But the goods and services haven't grown at this exponential rate. So the goods and services aren't going to be any cheaper. You're just, they're just going to become more expensive because there's more, if there was only $10 chasing, you know, 10 goods, they'd be worth a dollar each. But now there's a thousand dollars chasing 10 goods. So they're worth a hundred each. And so that's the, just the money because there's supply and demand and we're printing currency like crazy, the money is just expanding and the goods and services aren't. So therefore the goods and services price is just going to go through the roof as they give everyone this $10,000. Now, if you are to get the $10,000, the best time to get it is first and to spend it on something and to probably default so that you, you know, and hopefully they don't repossess your stuff. But with this fractional reserve lending system, the best time to get money is in the beginning, earliest, because when you buy things, there's not as many dollars chasing that goods. And so you pay less. So the time to buy things, the time to get things, the time to invest is right now. And that that's 
what we need to, you know, if you want to beat this hyperinflation, if you have any money, spend it and invest it in the things you need and or get it out of the bank and put it into cash so that you don't have to. So you have some physical goods because basically they're going to just hyperinflate the crap out of the entire bank. And we're going to have to suffer from this fallout of what what we get. So I hope this was useful for you a little bit learning about hyperinflation, about these markets, about these different um, uh, aspects of spending and um, making, you know, what's coming from coronavirus. I I believe that this um, um, that this virus is not really a big thing to be worried about, that the mostly what it's covering is this stuff that we should be inside hiding. You know, it's basically to cover this economic impact of what's going on. It's not um, there's not really a virus. If there is anything, it's a biological agent that they planted out there for us. And it has very little to do with with um, with the virus itself. I think most likely what we're under is people they know it's planned. This um, this plan to bail us out came way too soon, just like how the Patriot Act came out way too soon on 9-11. It just was launched before anything. They were immediately they knew within that day who the attacks were. And within three days here, they've gotten this bill together, which is just, um, it's, it's rubbish. It's just, it's, it's spending all of our money. It's putting us on the hook. It's not going to really help us any as Americans. It's going to instead indebt us to this Federal Reserve Bank that's not real. And it's happened too fast. I mean, the disaster happened. And then now here's the spending bill. It's just too fast. It's too premeditated. And if you watch Trump and his addresses to the nation, he's too smooth. He's too cool. He's too um, not flustered. So you can tell this is a plan somewhere and somehow to what level of depth and what secret society where is in charge and who's fighting who and what's doing what. That's the hard part to determine. And that's the part that will make lead you into paranoia and down all these holes and really what we're trying to do here is get prepared for economic collapse, but also to not get too paranoid on these things and to really just build community around ourselves. So we're going full bore into building our food hub that we already had in our pipeline that we already wanted to do. But we want to bring that to a, to a focus where it's um, where where that can help us all you know build build resilient communities because we all need you know to work together through this i really think that that's one of the um one of our main goals with with everyone and everything is you know as americans we don't want to hurt each other what's happening with this hoarding is you know, we just haven't produced anything for the past 30 years in America. The Chinese have slowly taken us over and our farming systems have just gone, you know, 
into the ground with using Liebig techniques and um, in, in, in the fertilizer. If you want to read a great book, pick up Bread from Stones and read that book about um, Baron von Liebig, who introduced us to chemical fertilizers and just, um, you know, kind of told our world in terms of giving us this false, um, you know, uh, chemical thing that just totaled our microorganisms in the land. And um, yeah, so. So I just, you know, this, this episode here, I, um, I don't know. I just, I want to stay informed with you. I want to let you know what's going on from my perspective. Also, it's all speculation. Everything I bring up on this, don't take it as truth. Do your own research, do your own evaluations, find out about viruses, be real educated on that biosecurity, how to take care of yourself. Um, I think a lot of this stuff is hype. You're going to find out that really the National Guard being deployed was so that when we finally realize that we're out of food, that we're out of resources, that they'll already be in place and that we won't, they won't have to take us over and they won't have to declare martial law. In Hawaii, they've actually already declared martial law. The lieutenant governor refers to the guy in charge as General Hara. And it's true. The general of the National Guard is in charge of the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency response. Well, that's it for our free episode. So join us at www.microbialsecret.org for the full episode and join the Microbial Secret Society. So uh, may the beneficial microbes be with you. Aloha.